my philosophy was always because I don't like resetting. Um, my philosophy was always just to do stuff that I knew I could do well and finish a lot of runs, uh, which suits me in the tournament setting. But um, yeah, Joey can do all of that with more advanced stuff. So <laughs> it's not a surprise that he won. Good luck. Hello, everybody. My name is Lat Mackey, and this is Sequence Break, episode 28, Sega Junkie. And here he is, the one, the only, Sega Junkie. How you doing? How, how are we? Yeah. Um, having a, yeah, having a good time. Um, how have you been in lockdown and all the rest of it? You know, we've been do, we, the nice thing about a podcast is you can just keep doing it. But thankfully, we haven't been too much delayed here. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we all take some steps to... See if we can try to curtail this COVID-19 thing, because it's, uh, I think I'm ready to move on, you know, from, from this. Absolutely. So um, let's do, uh, so first off, um, this is my first time. I, I've been a fan of Sega Junkie Stream probably since, I don't know, 2015 or so. <laughs> so by the first day, to get a chance to meet you in person. It's, it's uh, I'm very honored. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we'll get to all the, the whole kind of journey and all that kind of stuff. But uh, first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about when did you discover video games? When did you start playing video games? Kind of what's like your origin story? I was, I was very young. So my, so my uncle, um, is 11 years older than me and he had a master system and a Genesis, uh, Mega Drive, sorry. Cause of course we call it a Mega Drive. Um, and when he got to about 14 or 15 and started, you know, being interested in girls and all the rest of it, it was like, I don't, I don't need these anymore. <laughs> right. And, um, gave it to, to me so that I could, um, get the same enjoyment out of them that he did when he was younger. So I've been playing games and Sonic games since I was about three. <laughs> was um was Genesis or the Master System or the Mega Drive was that a popular console in Australia? In the states here, Genesis was 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 gangbusters. It was awesome. But I've heard in other parts of the world, it might not have been as popular. Uh, it definitely was. Um, I know that uh, Nintendo obviously was the more popular in the states. But in most other parts of the world, the Genesis in particular competed really well. Um, I, I once straw polled my friends in high school and found it was about 50-50. Um, most people I knew actually had a Mega Drive when I was younger than that. But um, definitely some people grew up with Super Nintendo as well. It was um, decently even split. So cool. What were some of the first games you uh, remember playing on your, uh, your Mega Drive? So Master System Sonic 1 and 2 are the first games I played. Wow. Um, was able to beat them very young, which thinking about that now surprises the hell out of me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> because those games are not easy. No. Um, uh, let me think, what else? Uh, I think when I got the Mega Drive, I had um, my... My uncle's really into American sports, so I had like a NBA Jam and um, Madden 94 and I think I had a FIFA game as well. Uh, Suffer, who's in the chat right now, talks about the Master System all the time. And I, I, I'm trying to, I don't know if I had any friends or any family members that had uh, a Master System. And so there's this like whole untapped library. I've never had a chance to play. I mean, I played through the Sonic games at this point, but that's been a, about, I can't believe you beat those as a kid, by the way. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, okay. So did, were you, did, I've noticed that on your speedrun.com profile, you've actually done Game Boy and stuff like that too. At some point, do you start picking up more, some of the portable consoles or some other, you know, venturing into Nintendo and stuff like that? I think when I was about nine was when I first got a Game Boy. So my, my parents used to have a rule that um, when we were in school term, we couldn't play the consoles. Uh, and that was only for the holidays. Oh, um, man. But when I was about nine, we got um, a Game Boy and we could play those whenever. So um, I think it was around the time Pokemon came out was when we got them because that was obviously the, the massive craze of the time. Was that one of your first games on the, on the, on the Game Boy? Yeah. Um, also, let me think. What else did I get around then? Uh, I got Wario Land 2. I got oh, yeah. uh, the Donkey Kong Land games. The- I, I had enough to be going on with, but at the same time, I'd only get a couple of games at a time. Right. So I had to make the most of them, and I think that's where the kind of natural progression to speedrunning came in. Well, that's awesome. Um, I, I got to sympathize with you a little bit because my parents were, they, they were sort of restricted. I mean, they, 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 they definitely, you had to finish your homework. There were things you had to do in order to get some Game Boy time. And yeah. I remember one night I wasn't allowed to play Game Boy for whatever reason. And I came out to the couch and there are my parents playing the Game Boy, playing Tetris against each other. I don't know if yours were involved at all, but like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> so, but it was such a great console for that. Like it was so easy to just pick up and start playing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, my mum was a massive puzzle nut. We had Tetris, we had Tetris Attack, and um, yeah, she'd play them almost as much as me. <laughs> well, it's the perfect console for those kind of games, you know, so. Absolutely. So let's talk about this. So you mentioned, just, you know, limited time, and that's perhaps what drove you into speedrunning. Had you experienced or seen speedrunning before you had attempted it yourself? Or I'm curious about how you get into this whole speedrunning thing. So I think the first time I actually saw somebody else doing speedruns, I, I was involved in Mario Kart time trials early on, like in the early 2000s. Oh, nice. Um, but I think the first time I remember seeing that there was a broader community to it was I got linked to SDA around 2004, five, and there was a bunch of, um, you know, the Super Smash Brothers Melee minigames. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, knocking 10 wireframes off the platform in like six seconds or something like that. <laughs> I was just like, this is, this is so beyond what I understand. But the, um, the nice part of that was obviously the fact that it had all those other games collated as well. And, um, let me have a look at some other things for games that I knew that I understood like Metro prime and what well, I thought I understood. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the time, at the time I, became aware of it. There were no Sonic games on the list at all. And that was, that kind of lit the fire under me. Like I can, I can, I know I can put a good time up for these. I, I like that's that, that's crazy that that you saw Sonic and thought that you know because it, it seems like maybe perhaps around that time I wasn't speedrunning at that time so I don't really know a lot of things that happened before 2010 but it seems like there was basically no Sonic community uh, what's what to speak of I mean so I are these things like you're trying out on your own is there anybody else that you're able to you know like you know at least talk to about or you know share some ideas I mean so so on the forums there were you know there were other people that were Sonic fans and they were supportive of what I was doing, but nobody, as far as I knew, was like working at a high level to at least do full game runs. We had we had the Sonic Center for individual level times. So if you're familiar with um, the Elite for GoldenEye Perfect Dark, um, similar sort of concept there, hmm. where that was the focus rather than doing a full game run. 
It's actually pretty smart. That's a really good. So it makes it a little makes it more accessible to get into a speedrun. It's actually like for for Sonic in particular because it is stage oriented. It's a really good way to um, improve a run as well. Is that you don't have to add everything new that you learn all at once. You can just do what you're comfortable with and get add more stuff in as you go. I um I didn't attempt uh, my Sonic Two speedruns until just a couple of years ago. Were you using the in-game timer in the games even back then, or were you using real time? Like, how were you? What was? How would you time this? No, nah, we um we've always done the in-game timer okay. for Sonic Two. The right. um the thing about SDA is because it was all um because it was all timed after the fact. Uh, we wanted to make that as easy as possible. Hmm. So. <laughs> so anytime you had an in-game timer, you basically used it, unless there was a very good reason not to use it. If you're familiar with um, Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo, for example, that game's in-game timer is completely busted. It doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> so you don't use it. Perfect. Um, one of the things I noticed about your speedruns when you do them, and this is one of the things that kind of blew my mind right away when the Games Done Quick uh, events would happen, is that you were using your index fingers to play Sonic and things like that. Is that something you were doing right from the beginning, like when you were developing or even just trying to play the game faster? Um, I, I think that once I... Well, actually, when I first started playing Sonic again, I was playing on um, keyboard. So, oh, <laughs> so wow. I learned to... Um, so I learned to do that overhand grip. And then when I switched back to a controller, it just was natural. As a kid, though, holding a Mega Drive controller, I would actually hold it like this. Right. You can right. see it. Yeah. And just kind of rub my thumb over the buttons like that. Oh, wow. Um, funnily enough, <laughs> the people that are at the top level now actually swear by that method where they'll use one finger to run over all the buttons. Are they really? Because it hits them quicker. Oh, wow. Because it hits them quicker than rolling three buttons over. It's fascinating, actually. That's that. So, what, okay, uh, not to jump ahead here or anything, but when I was learning Sonic 2, I could not get the speed in the spin dash that I wanted just using my thumb. I'm, I've always been a, a thumb speedrunner type of person. So that blows yeah. my mind that the top guys are doing that. I, I don't know so much that it's a thumb. Maybe it's maybe it's one finger like this. Oh, got it. Okay. Got but it. Um, you also kind of have to have a controller that's kind of conducive to it. <laughs> yes. Like because if it, if it takes a lot of actuation to press a button, then going across them like that is, you know, it, it's rough going over the period of twenty minutes. So uh, take us a little bit back. What was like the first Sonic game that you decided you're going to try to beat this thing as fast as you possibly could? Well, my, my favorite game of all time is Sonic 3 and Knuckles, so that was the obvious place to start. Nice. Um, and I think when I first did the runs of that for SDA, because back then we were recording on videotapes. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> VHS. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, showing my age a bit, aren't I? <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably same age, so I'm right there with you. I, I have still have a VCR. <laughs> yeah, so that was... Um, so that was how we were recording, and that just meant that um, I would just basically get the first run through that didn't die, and I would, didn't really have a massive amount of mistakes in it. And I think that in uh, in-game time, which is the relevant uh, measure, was about 59 minutes or something like that. Sub-hour. That's a good place to start. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was somewhere in that region. Um, to give you an idea, current Sonic 3 runs 
Uh, by in-game time, we don't use that anymore, but it would be about 24 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, I mean, were you playing these like on the original console or were you doing these on emulator? How would you be, uh, how were you playing the game at this point? So I didn't have a, uh, a Mega Drive at this point. I, when I was younger, regrettably sold it in order to buy Nintendo 64 games to add to my collection. Fair point. Uh, okay. I think that was a lot yeah. of us, by the way, who lived through that time period. So yeah, that got me Banjo-Kazooie, which I don't regret. That game's awesome. <laughs> um, it is great. <laughs> uh, okay. So... What I did is I actually got a copy of Sonic Mega Collection. Now, it was really hard to find. So I actually had some people on forums ship it to me from Europe because <laughs> it's really hard to find in Australia for some reason. Um, I'm pretty sure I got mine for like $4, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, not to rub it in or anything. <laughs> and, and yeah, so I, so I played off that. And um, I had to play it in PAL mode because my VCR couldn't record it at the higher speed <laughs> or something like that. Oh, no. So everything was really slow. And it was, was really funny when, because um, I did the Sonic 1 run and sent it in at the same time. Um, most games uh, actually will adjust the music to play at the, the same speed. Sonic 1 doesn't. So everything sounds really slow. <laughs> and then when you pick up the speed shoes and the music speeds up, it goes back to normal. <laughs> it's you know, one of the things SDI I remember early on was like they part you part of the was the presentation it had to look fast. Were, were these runs being accepted at SDA at this point with with that kind of uh issue? Uh yeah, well I mean nobody else was doing them. So <laughs> but, but yeah, it, um it was still faster than anyone else was doing at the time. So, right. So, that, of course, they'd have to write it. That's the best run at the time. So, yeah, that's so fascinating. Um, uh, what what about Sonic Three and Knuckles? What what is it about that game that made it was you know is is do you that's your favorite? Like why why that one? What do you like? The, what what about that game that you like? It's um, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because the way that Sonic evolved over the 2000s and 2010s, everyone kind of thought, oh, you know, this is all about going fast, going fast, going fast. Um, Sonic 3 is probably the least like that of the original games, and I actually appreciate it the most for it, because there's so many different ways you can go in every stage. Um, it was almost like when I was a kid playing it, like almost like playing through a new game every time because you'd... Um, you'd end up go, oh, I, I fell down this hole. This is a whole new path for me. Let's, um, let's, let's try this out and see what happens. Um, yeah, so every time you play it, it would be just a little bit different, and it was, it was really nice. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's one of the things that still to this day, it feels like I almost get a fresh playthrough uh, every time I play a Sonic game. It's like, um, I, I probably play Sonic 2 and 3 more than any of the other Sonic games. And it, it's just, it, it feels like you can, you can have a different experience almost every time you play the game, even if you're not speedrunning, if you're just playing it casually or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think it makes it great. Um, what were the, was there a... Uh, I think I might know the answer, but was there any sort of task or was there anybody discovering or, or at least strat hunting at this time to try to figure out how to play the game faster? It's funny you should say that because pretty much at the exact time that I finished those initial runs, a very famous tool assisted run came out and it knocked 10 minutes off the existing one. It knocked the time down to 35 minutes. And this was the first time we saw 
entire stages being skipped through level wrapping and stuff like that. Uh, so, so none of us really knew that this was in the pipeline and it just popped up one day. I think it was after one of my high school exams. I, I came in and somebody was like, hey, have you seen this yet? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did, you know, so the when a task is published or when you see a task at this time, are they explaining at all? Because, you know, on test videos, I don't get these great notes nowadays where you can see how the tasser achieved some of these things. Where it was, was there any sort of like, was anybody talking about how some of those like screen wraps and game breaking things were being discovered? was dependent on the person, obviously, that put it together. But uh, Nitsuja, who did that TAS, was very good with his notes. Oh, nice. So you, um, so you knew if you understood the background of the game, you, you could figure out what was going on. And to a degree, you could also implement it yourself. Some of them were easier than others to do in real time. But um, a lot of them, at the time, we thought, oh, gee, these will never get put into full game runs. And well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> now they're mandatory if you want to any sort of time. <laughs> um, how I'm curious because I have found the screen wraps, some of them like specifically like in Metro uh, in, in Sonic 2, just super challenging for me to get any sort of consistency and try to do it properly. What was it like discovering those? Was Did you find a challenge, uh, you know, especially the Sonic 3 ones? Or, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of them and I'm just curious yeah. what your experience was like with those. Uh, so I, I will... I will go out on a limb here and say I didn't discover any of them first up. Fair um, enough. <laughs> so, so it was me seeing what had happened and trying to replicate it. And some of them are a lot easier than others, definitely. So there's one in um, in Sonic and Knuckles in Xenopolis 1. As Tails, you just fly up into a ceiling and hold right, and that's it. You're done. Uh... On the other end of the scale, there's a couple in um, Lava Reef that I still don't understand, <laughs> where like you have to hold right for like four frames and then make yeah. sure you pause exactly there and then jump and uh, you can only hold jump for two or three frames or whatever it is. It's <laughs> right. complicated to say the least, but I very tight frame windows. That's the, my understanding of it. That you know you really yeah. have to do the input properly, so. But uh, you were still going for them. I mean, you were still you're trying to practice them and everything, I assume. I, well, yeah, but there, there are some of them I just I just didn't see the risk-reward as worth it. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, uh, one of the reasons that I even started to stream the speedrun thing was because it feels like when I got, I got started much later, 2017 is when I first tried my first speedrunning. And it seemed like streaming was like kind of the legit way to do it. So you could see that you were doing these things live, even though you know, it just seemed like that legit way. Was there at some point do you decide to transition into streaming your speedruns or how, how does it go from like, you know, recording on VHS <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> putting it on the Internet? <laughs> Well, none of us really thought about it, I think, until Classic Games Done Quick proved to be the success that it was. Cool. And at that point, we kind of went, well, hey, this is, this is kind of fun. Let's, let's at least try it out. Because I think a lot of us were thinking, you know, this is, this is great as a one-time thing. We go through our games, you know, one shot. Right. But how, how willing do you think the audiences are going to be to watch somebody resetting over and over <laughs> to get a good start on their run. And I, I think Siglemic was the first person to prove that, yeah, actually people are kind of into that. <laughs> <laughs> we want to watch. 
That's really cool. When did you, uh, I, I, the earliest, uh, was your first Games Done Quick 2012? Did I get that right when I was going through my 2010, research? 2010. You were actually, one. oh, you at the 2010. Okay, I'm sorry. What games did you run at the first one? Uh, so all three Sonic games and then Vector Man 1 and 2. Well, okay, now I have a ton of questions. What's that like? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, from all the stories, uh, you know, can you tell, give us a little bit of like what it's like to be at that uh, that first event? So, like, even beyond, like, obviously, we didn't think it was going to grow to what it has been. But, like, it was also my first time overseas. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Welcome. So, you know, it's <laughs> open over on the West Coast for a few days. And then the, the first thing I remember about the day I arrived in, um, I think I flew into Baltimore was the, hmm. was the place that I went uh, because it had one of the nearby airports. And I flew over there. And the first thing I remember was getting the train from there to somewhere else and seeing snow. I've never seen snow in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, we don't have snow in California either. So I, I wouldn't know, but uh, <laughs> it's got to be uh, pretty crazy to see that. So that's your first experience uh, at a speed running event. It's going through snow. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, met Mike and a couple other guys not long after that. And um we, we all got on so well. It was like we'd all known each other for years. You know, and oh, I'm so good. Once you, um, yeah, once you feel that comfortable in that environment, everything just comes really easily from there. That's one of the, just watching those those videos of the first one, that's one of the things that comes off right away. It seems like y'all are just hanging out and having a good time playing games. That's like, it very, seems very much like that. Is that. Was that kind of the vibe? That was kind of the vibe we were going for. And um, it's it's really funny because that event was supposed to be at a convention and like in a really sterilized and, and really loud space because i was in that room that we were trying to stream from that yeah was was very loud it would not have come off the same way there no for real like i mean this part of it is just the great the great hang it looks like you know it looks like it's a a great place to be uh had you done a lot of preparation for your life like what was kind of leading up into that i mean you're playing three different games what's like the prep tip for the uh for the event uh just uh, honestly, I, I knew, well, I was, it was actually, I think I was scheduled for six and I ended up playing five of them. Um, of course, that's awesome. So, so across that many games, I, like I knew they weren't all going to be great. Right. So I just kind of wanted to make sure I was across all of them enough not to embarrass myself. <laughs> um, and figured Sonic 3 would be the best one. It probably turned out to be. Yeah, I'd say that's the case. Um didn't probably put as much time into that because I didn't feel like I needed to and just wanted to make sure all the others were, yeah, impressive enough to look cool to the audience and not embarrass myself. <laughs> uh, this is a really random question, but where did you all sleep? Did you, were people just sleeping wherever or were you guys staying at hotels? Like, how did the whole thing work? Okay, so because it was meant to be at um, MAGFest, uh, probably about half the attendees had actually booked space in that hotel. Okay. So... A lot of them were prepared to stay there anyway. The rest of us, we found whatever space we could in Mike's place. <laughs> <laughs> Find a corner of the room somewhere. Pretty much, yeah. It, it's just, it, I still watch it today, and it's, it, I, I just, I, first, I, I love, the vibe is amazing, but it's also cool how, um, 
it was a great way to showcase speedruns, you know, like uh, probably to an audience that may not have ever seen them before. Like I, you, everyone really does as much as you can with the microphone situation, and everything. There's people trying to explain the runs and things like that. And my first run that I was watching of yours when I was doing the research here was from 2012. And by then, I think it was your Pokemon run. But it's it's a lot of just like, really, you know, you, you do a really good job of explaining what you're trying to do. And I was curious, is that something you took from the streaming side or is that something you knew you had to do for the audience? I'm curious how that works. Um, a little bit of both. We Obviously, over the first few years, that um, style kind of evolved over time where you have basically anything the runner wants to say is priority and then um, anything the commentators want to say comes in after that. Uh, dep depends on how the run's prepared, obviously. So nowadays, you see a lot more um, collusion with the, the runner and the commentators, <laughs> to, you know, when, when you want to get in certain things. Um, we didn't have that as much even in 2012. And I think, I think it shows, uh, one of the things you see a lot coming off that run and it's something I kind of regret now is that, um, whenever it's, I, I think Lee was reading, uh, donation comments, but any, but almost any time he came in with one, something would happen in the game that I wanted to say, <laughs> and, and, and I'd just jump in with it and so, so it seems like I'm talking over him a lot and yeah, I think that, um, it's uh, a little bit more structured now and I think that's for the better. So, uh, I'm curious, do, when do you see, you know, the Sonic community start to grow? Um, I, I, I I know a lot of speedrunning is kind of the community itself is kind of tied to the evolution of games done quick as we've been able to reach bigger audiences. But I'm curious if, if that coincided with the Sonic community. Um, it probably took quite a long time to get uh, Sonic running to where it is now. I'd say probably the biggest event in that regard was the launch of Sonic Mania. Ah. Um, yeah, even up until then, you probably only got two or three people doing Sonic 2, Sonic 3 runs. Hmm. It's, a, it's a kind of... Uh, uh, depressing is not the word I want to use, but it is kind of depressing when you see all of these other games just absolutely blow up in popularity. And here's, here's me with my handful of acolytes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I couldn't agree with you more. Like you see the flagships on all the other consoles, Mario up for Nintendo, uh, you know, whatever it is for PlayStation. I mean, though these communities have gone, you know, Mario 64 and N64. So uh, that's so interesting you mentioned the Sonic Mania because I that's probably at the time I found your stream. I, when did Sonic Mania come out? Maybe it was actually before then. 2017. Okay, so I found your stream just before then, a year before then. And I remember just feeling like the Sonic community was so small at this point. <laughs> it just feels like even in 16. And so that's a really good point that Mania kind of blew it up. I never even thought about that. And that's when you think, that's when we saw more runners coming to the table and everything like that? Yeah, yeah. The reason I say that is that the the top runners of the game now, so Zaxxon and Joey uh, in particular, but there's a couple others as well, got their start with Sonic Mania. That's what got them into speedrunning. Uh, I'll show you my thoughts. And the Sonic Mania is just—it's one of the most fun you can ever have with with Sonic. I I uh, I think the game is wonderful, and I'm glad to see that something like that got made in 2017. Uh, what was your experience with Sonic Mania? I loved it. Um, the, I didn't stick with it speedrunning wise early on because um, there are there are some things about it that I didn't like. At least compared to Sonic Two and Sonic Three, there's a, there's too much too much luck in the bosses in order to 
reliably get really good times. One of the things I really like about Sonic is you almost have no luck at all. <laughs> um, so anything that you do comes down to you, really. And that was one of the things I didn't really appreciate about <laughs> <laughs> trying to set a trying to set a good Sonic Mania time. Um, but obviously, yeah, then a couple of people did come along and take that really far. And then because obviously those skills are really transferable back to Sonic 2 and 3, it became the next logical place for them to go. I was going to ask you that. Did any of your, did you find any, like this, the things that you had been doing in Sonic on on uh, on the, the, the Mega Drive, did any of that translate into Sonic Mania when you were playing through it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's um, made the... Like, obviously, the spin dashing tech wasn't something I had to learn myself. Um, and I didn't realize, I think up until this point, I didn't realize how important that was for people picking up the game. Like, I just kind of thought that if you were playing Sonic, you'd kind of know how to do it at least kind of quickly. But... <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I've, I've had a lot of people who did come into Sonic Mania be like, wow, this game really messes you up on the hands. <laughs> and it and it does. And that's uh, around the same time, you also start to see a lot of focus on, because people are starting to stream full time now, right. um, a lot of focus on making sure that you protect your hands because they're, they're so valuable to what you do. Did you ever experience any of that with the, your tech, the way that you, you know, use the controller and play through games? And speed runs um, so relentlessly. <laughs> uh, kind of, but at the same, the way that I limited it was I made sure that I only stream like three or four hours at a time. Smart. Uh, which, if you're planning to do it full time, is obviously not an option. So <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, that's the way that I think I've saved my hands. Well, I, I don't stream more than two and a half, three hours, and it it seems like it's a good, but it's tough if once you again you're doing it full time. It's a very good point. Yeah. Um, the geez, there's. The um, it, it's nice to see that there was something that actually got the community to grow a little bit. One of the things that I um, really love, basically, so often when you've seen a Sega, I'm sorry, Sega, a, uh, actually, yeah, anytime I've seen a Genesis speedrun at a game's done quick, but most uh, also with the Sonic, is there's very much you guys, the community support each other. I love seeing the whole like sometimes sometimes the whole community is up there on stage. When did that? How do you like? Just as a, when do you? When does the, that community start to? work like that or has it always been like that from the start um oh, around about the same time i'd say we had um uh a whole group of um streamers develop around that uh sega and that genesis kind of core and um a lot of those people are still around today so guys like cronoon and um saxon and uh kick-ass pancakes a lot of those guys they don't just play Sonic. They dabble in a lot of other Sega stuff as well. Yeah. Um, oh, Dagrin as well. That's the other guy I was thinking of. Um, so it, it kind of developed organically that way. And there's a sense, I think, among Sega heads of being the outsider in streaming almost because so much focus gets put on Nintendo and um, obviously like for newer stuff like Sony and Microsoft. Sega feels a little bit left out. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's, there is that whole sense that you got to stick together with you guys. 
No, I love it. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's always looks like fun every time they come up. So I volunteer for games that quick, and I think the last time I, geez, I, it just seems like there's always a party on stage when when the Genesis folks come on. It's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, you um, one of the things I remember when you were speedrunning was kind of how relentless you were with your speedrunning. And I'm curious if that's kind of your approach in life, or is this just the way that you went at like. I guess, why and how do you go so hard on speedrunning when you did back in the day? It's funny you should say that, right? Because I know one of your other questions is, why did I stop? And basically, what the, the prompt for me was getting that 14 in Sonic 2. Nice. So, a few months, so a few months after that, I got approached by Sinister One, who works at Twitch, um, he, want, he wanted to put together a 24-7 uh, speedrun channel. So you'd have uh, people playing like, like uh, pre-recorded speedruns on that channel. Oh, cool. Kind of like how, you know, the, the GSA channel does now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but the idea was that he would, um, you know, pay us from Twitch for the rights to use that content. Oh, nice. And it would just play like on a playlist constantly on that channel. And so that's, um, so that was a thing that happened. And so I went back and did a uh, post commentated recording for it. And I went back and looked at it and I thought, you know what? That is the best run I've ever done and probably the best run I will ever do. There's, I can't see any way in which I complete something at that quality ever again. And I basically went, if I can't do that anymore and there's nothing that's going to get me to that level again, there's not really any point doing it at all. Because at this point, I just started a new job as well and my time was really limited and I didn't feel like I could um, commit to... Uh, you know, trying to get something that good again. And so I basically said, yeah, after SGDQ, I'm giving it away. And that lasted about two years until... <laughs> Which is a long time, by the way, in speedrunning, but... Yeah, yeah, but it lasted that long until, um, well, obviously everyone stopped working. <laughs> and like, oh, wow, I need, yeah. some, uh, wow, I need something to do again. But... Um, where that links back to your question is that I feel like I've come back with a completely different attitude where like, I'm not, you know, bashing my head against the wall like mm -hmm. that. I'm much more relaxed about, I, I don't particularly care about going for the best time. Um, it's a much, for me, it's a much healthier approach to, to streaming. I uh, first of all, I'm, I'm, I, it's interesting to hear you say that in the first place. To be honest with you, um, the, the one of the first things I wanted to ask you about was that Sonic Two run, and I didn't want to just jump there right away. But it's it's still one of the greatest speedruns I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, I when I was just so blown away by the execution and everything, and at the and for a, a time in a competitive uh, game and category to last two years is honestly a very long time. I feel like in speedrunning nowadays, especially with people doing it full time, and they have the resources to do this. A little bit more often so the uh I, I i i'm glad to hear that that or at least it's interesting that you you you, you know you're kind of like this 
at some point you got to accept what you've done, you know, and, and as a speedrunner, it's tough. I, I don't know if you've, it sounds like you've experienced some of this, but you know, there's always, we always see the flaws in our runs like so easily and so quickly. And so the fact that it's, it's it, at this point, it's, it's how we approach it mentally. Um, I'm also glad to hear you say that because the other way can, it can lead to some unhealthy stuff, you know, it can be very, it can be very tough to, to not see past your own, you know, your own flaws at everything you do, you know? Was definitely very unhealthy for me because like, so I'd stream maybe, I'd maybe do two or three short streams a week. That's what I was doing while I was um, in that in that process of getting ready to leave. And most days after a stream, I would come off and feel really upset with myself for how I'd played or even just be, just be depressed for, for no particular reason. And I realized that that was incredibly unhealthy and I had to get out of it. Uh, I, I will tell you, just as a viewer, since you've come back to streaming, uh, uh, there it, it's very positive. And, and uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say that it's you've I've noticed that there has been a little bit of change in your approach. I even saying, you know, we just had the, the Sonic tournament this this past weekend and even your approach as I was watching you prep for that. It's you know, you weren't it didn't seem like you were dwelling on all of the mistakes you were making. You were trying to do the best run you could for a marathon type of thing. And I don't know if that's a way you felt about it, but it was definitely coming across on stream to say the least. Um, again, it's funny. You should say that because <laughs> as, as much as in the moment, I was like, you know, I, I don't care if I get Metropolis three first time or whatever, because there's no stakes here. <laughs> um, I was looking at how I was going and thinking, you know, I entered this because I thought I could win. <laughs> but the way I'm playing, I'm not going to win. <laughs> so why am I bothering? Yeah, right. I, I, I must say I'm very glad I took part in it because really bonded with some with some people over that. That was really good fun. I know it wasn't exactly conducive to your time period in the world, but man, it was, I got to tell you, these last couple, it was really fun to watch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Second place. Murdoch just mentioned it in the chat. Um, let's see. So, okay. Um, let's, you also run some Game Boy games, including Wario Land and some others. Uh, how did, when did you first attempt some, uh, some game and what was the first Game Boy game you speed run and how'd you, what was the, how, what, how'd that work? Uh, oh, probably depends how you define the question. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before I knew what speed running was, I, was um like i said i'd only get a couple of games at a time and i'd have to um make the most of them so uh i think donkey kong land 2 was the first time i remember doing this was um just playing through that 100 percent over and over trying to get a good time in it. and i think i got two hours in game time when i was like nine or ten well okay okay so i got i got an even better story related to that right so um, I actually had, I had, you know, the strategy guides for a couple of games as a kid and because, so there were a couple in particular of the bonus stages that are really well hidden and I never found them for the longest time. And then I finally did. And I was like, I really don't want to forget where these are again, because they're going to be a pain to find. So I actually, in a notebook, in like a scratch pad, I had, I wrote myself up 
uh, a guide in the vein of those strategy guides of the time. Yeah. So that I wouldn't forget. <laughs> so you wrote it like the strategy guide. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do any pictures or anything like that? Screenshots, if you will, of the time? Uh, I, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think I had learned by then not to trust anything that I'd drawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good thing. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, was there a, a game that you felt like you uh, grinded out maybe a little bit more than others? Uh, um, among Game Boy games? Yeah. Hmm. I, I asked because your Wario Land, I was watching your Wario Land run, uh, was it four or two? I can't, I'm sorry, I'm so drawn up. Would have been four, I four. think. And, and that, that, that's, a, first of all, that's a really fun game. But secondly, it, it's, it's, it looks like it's a pretty damn good speed run. So I'm curious how much time you uh, spent with it. I probably put a good three, four months into that one. Um, the, the nice thing about it is, so it's got three different difficulty categories. And in those difficulties, you have to go to different places in the levels. And so they're all a little bit different from each other. That's cool. So I would do one until I was happy with it and then move on to the next one. Um, for me, Warrior Land 4 is one of the most underrated speedruns there is. Completely agree. Could not agree with you more. <laughs> Um, Shasta was on the uh, podcast a few episodes ago and we were talking about oh, we, yeah. we took a deep dive into Wireland 4 because it's such a, it's so wonderful casual and that experience I haven't tried the speed run but it looks like it's just as fun speed running it as it is casually <laughs> yeah because your your movement options are just so so good <laughs> yeah uh, the game's uh, maybe one of the uh, it's such a great game <laughs> play it if you haven't played it before folks um <laughs> Um, cool. Uh, do you still play any uh, Game Boy games or anything like that? I don't have any easy way to play them, so mm -hmm. not really. Yeah. But um, I I actually still have my Wario Land 4 cart somewhere. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at some point, and you know, it was it was mentioned during your SGDQ 2018 run, you decided that you're you're going to step away from speed running and stuff like that. Um, how long did you take a break, and what made you kind of come back to streaming uh, some games and stuff? So like I said, it was it was nearly two years. And in that time I think I did I did one or two kind of special streams because I after I stopped streaming, I was working on a tool assisted run for Donkey Kong Land 3, actually. Oh cool. And once I was done, I premiered that on my stream, as is seemingly common at, <laughs> nowadays with um, tool assisted runs. <laughs> Gotta premiere it. Um Yeah. Uh so it was that and I did I did one other thing, but I can't remember what it was. And um, uh, so none of that really, you know, made me want to go back to streaming permanently. I, and I kind of had that thought in my head of remember how you felt when you were streaming before so that you don't get dragged back into it again. Probably smart. <laughs> but then obviously it was different when, because, okay, so I work at an international airport, so I've got no work for ages. Oh, um, so when that job finished up, um, I basically went, well, what am I going to do with my time now? So I'm not sitting around and moping all day. <laughs> and, like, and then like, well, here's something I know how to do that I can do that I can pick up easily. And hopefully that I'll have a different attitude to now. And it's, 
seemed to go that way pretty well for me so far. It, uh, it's been really fun to watch. It's nice to, because uh, also the game, I mean, you're picking a, a variety of games and stuff and it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's not just watching Sonic over and over and over again. So, you know, not to say that's a bad thing or anything, but I know that there's, it's nice to have some variety. That I, I don't know if that helps you out or not, but it's it's been fun to watch. Yeah, it does. And like, I, I talk to this about uh, with other streamers a lot is that don't, don't look too much at your numbers because if you do, <laughs> you will find yourself feeling trapped. You'll find your one thing that gets you the most viewers and you'll feel like you're stuck there because anytime you move away from it, you lose viewers. Like the most valuable thing I feel like I can say to any other streamer is that you do what you do for you and not for the people watching. And that will make you a better streamer and more engaging. I, I can't echo enough uh, that I, I got super lucky and I don't remember, I wish I knew who told me this, but somebody early on uh, said, don't even have your numbers up while you're streaming early on because it's going to be low, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be low. And uh, just act like you're saying, act as, a, you know, be passionate about your game, be passionate about what you're doing. And uh, I, I still don't look at my numbers when I stream. <laughs> and it, I got to tell you, it's, 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 it's the best way to approach this thing. It took me until 2018 to turn my numbers off, but I don't <laughs> regret it. I do not regret it one bit. Uh, I don't blame you. It's uh, it's good for that. It's, it's just because you're right. You're, the minute you walk, you do something you're not comfortable with, and then you see your number go down, you're gonna freak out. It's, it's just human nature. Um, you know, you did. So I'm curious, what made you uh, decide to uh, enter in this most recent Sonic tournament? If you don't want me asking. Well, okay. So for one thing. Like, like we've been talking about, Sonic community has always been really small. The fact that there's enough people in it at the moment at a high enough level to actually do something like that, you better believe I wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> yes, that's so cool. Uh, to see the whole thing come full circle. The first person to do runs all the way to, we've got a tournament. Oh, that is so cool. That's so great. Ah, man, that's, that that's warms the soul to hear you say that and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, if you may, if I may, just I want to touch upon this just a, a little bit uh, again, because um, in my opinion, you ended up being kind of one of the staples of games done quick through like you were the guy running Sonics, you know, and other games. At, but you were there for a lot of what, what kept you coming back to like live events and games done quick and stuff. Uh, so we talked a lot when we talked about classic games done quick about how you get there and everyone feels like family. And... That was a, a big reason in me then coming back the next two years. So uh, I actually, so after 2012, I went to England and I was intending to stay there for a year. And then what I was gonna do was come back to HDQ 2013 and come home. Uh, I actually left England early. I came back in September and I was like, well, it doesn't make sense for me to go overseas again. And then this, this wonderful thing happened a couple of months later. So because um, that, that was the only time when we were both speedrunning that my brother and I were living in the same place. And at the time, we put together these co-op runs of Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which everyone just seemed to love. And we got into a, we got into a smaller event uh, around Halloween of 2012 and the reaction that we got to that convinced me you know what 
I have to go. I have to go back one more time and do this and do this run together. And that run for me is still probably the favorite of all of the runs I've done at GDQ. Guys need to watch it. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so I feel so bad that I haven't watched it, but that's so awesome. That's so cool to hear. Uh, uh, there's there is something, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit. There is something about performing what we do in front of a live audience that, uh, first of all, it's tough to describe, but secondly, it's like electric. There's like this energy as you're playing, and I, I'm assuming that's something you experienced while you were playing playing with your brother like that. Absolutely, and so okay. So the thing about the live audience as well, right? So I think for the first five or 10 minutes, you're really hyper aware of it. And you, some, some, for some people that comes off as they're quite nervous and they're, they struggle a little bit, but after that, you're just sitting on the couch playing a video game with your friends and everything just flows. I, that is so true and that's why profanity sometimes gets slipped and stuff because it's really comfortable after like you're saying like 10 15 minutes <laughs> the, the, the people i really feel sorry for are the people that are only on stage for 10 or 15 minutes because oh, i don't get <laughs> I, I've done a couple different runs and one of mine was a 10 minute run and it, you blink and the runs over you're just like you know are the mario one guys you're doing any percent stuff you know <sighs> That is so cool. Um, do you, uh, if you don't want me asking, do you ever plan on uh, attending any more events or anything like that? I know you, you don't speedrun a whole lot anymore, but have you considered that ever in the future? Um, obviously not right now while nobody can travel. <laughs> yeah, but, nobody can um, go anywhere. <laughs> there is no live events uh, to go to. <laughs> yeah. I've, um, I've not been to an ESA before. I'd like to check them out. Um, obviously, we do have two events a year closer to home. Um, obviously not we would normally have one in a couple of weeks but um obviously that's not happening um actually pax in melbourne is cancelled too so oh man i think we lose both events this year uh, unfortunately but yeah. um unfortunately so that's the way it's going more. yeah there'll be more um so I, what's next for you are you going to keep streaming do you still want to keep doing the streaming and playing games I, i'm curious as far as the gaming situation what's next for you at the very least until like work starts to go back to normal i'll um want to keep doing it because it's still it's still enjoyable for me and i think with this revised attitude to what i'm doing i think it's um more sustainable now um after that i'm not sure i'm trying not to think too far ahead I got to ask you one last question, and I'm curious when you look back on your speedrunning career, because now it's it's you know it's like you mentioned it's been a couple of years since you've competitively grinded and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you think about it? Or what, what are your thoughts as you look back on all of the speedruns you've done uh, in the past? Well, I'm not going to lie; that last weekend goes down as a highlight for me. <laughs> Sweet, um, <laughs> it was so good. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so obviously the opportunities I've had at Games Done Quick. The fact that, um, you know, what we've done there has made a difference to so many people is something that I can look back and say, you know what, I actually did something good with all of this time that I spent <laughs> doing I mean, this one thing. You think about just the charity aspect, yeah, I mean, you've ended up being responsible for raising, you know, millions of dollars uh, at this point with Games Done Quick, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, and then... Um, I think honestly, probably more important than any of that is the friends that I've made along the way. And that sounds so corny, right? But <laughs> so true. 
it's but it's you know it's that whole thing about being around people who are into the stuff you're into like it's it's you can't you, you can't put there's nothing you can't put a description and you can't put a value on it or anything like that you know it's yeah, indescribable um, I do want to, I, if I, I didn't want to forget this, but, uh, your, your, your screen name formally, uh, especially in many of the games that quicks was Mike 89. So if you do go search in, uh, Sega junkie stuff for the games that quick search Mike 89, cause that's a lot of the runs are under that name. Um, thank you so much for joining uh, the, the, today and doing this. It's a, uh, it's pretty awesome to just hear about what it was like living through some of it because it was. I gotta tell you, as a fan, it was a lot of fun to watch, <laughs> and still is to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, my pleasure. I really like talking about the older days of speedrunning because one of the, one of the things that I try and live by is never forget your first day. So, <laughs> um, obviously things were so different then, but just. The, um, the idea of coming into a community as somebody brand new thinking, hey, this is something that's really cool. I really want to be part of this. Uh, if you remember what it was like for you, then you'll be much more willing to, you know, give yourself and your time to help other people get their start. Ah, oh, so well said. I, I gotta tell you, I'm glad that you like talking about some of the older days because um, I've been fortunate enough to hang out with Mike Uyama a couple of times and all I want, I want, it takes everything to bite my tongue and just not ask every single question I have about, how did you start this whole damn thing? It's so crazy to me. So I'm, I'm glad you uh, you enjoyed doing it because I gotta tell you, I've enjoyed listening to it. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy to think where it was when you started and where it's at right now. I mean, it's, it's kind of unreal to be honest with you. <laughs> if that's something you're interested in, I know you did a panel last year on... Um the beginnings of games done quick i don't know if you've seen that but uh, that's definitely worth a watch if you've um, not I, seen it before absolutely yeah that's a great recommendation well uh mike we're, uh, we're, we're quick where can people find you if you uh, when you stream uh, where, where where can people follow you and all that kind of stuff uh so my twitch and twitter nowadays is um sega junkie uh on youtube it's not it's uh mike 89 mksc elite um okay. yeah <laughs> That's uh, that's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. Well, uh, once again, congrats on the tourney, folks. If you uh, if you get a chance to watch some of the vods, watch the final match of the uh, of uh, the Sega tournament from this weekend because it was it is best to, first to three wins and every match is just oh my gosh, edge of your seat changes places it goes back and forth they do some of the i can't believe some of the stuff you guys went for and actually got in the run. It's just it's absolutely insane. It's so much fun to watch. <laughs> Well, you you guys know I came second, so it's not a spoiler to say Joey won, but he's on another level, man. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. If you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe, leave a review. All those things go a long way to helping out the podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'm on Twitter, at LatMackey, or you can also join the LatMackey Discord, where we have a sequence break channel, we talk about guests, we have questions. It's really interactive, really fun. Please feel free to stop on by. Thanks so much. See you in the next one.